Dudes who bet sports, it's your favorite show. Dudes who bet sports, where degenerates go. Dudes who bet sports, time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, the Associated Press is full of shit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dudes Who Bet Sports Show. We're back for another week, Papa Dude. We've got a good uh, subject going on this week. So before we get going, we got uh, two shows here back to back. Do you think you can handle it? <laughs> well, I'm going to have to, right? That's of course true. I can handle it. You don't have an option. That is true. No, I've, it's fine. I'd rather do them, knock them out, get them over with. I'm the same way. I hate waiting around, you know? Yeah. I'm up. I'm ready. Let's do it. You gave me enough notice to where I could get get prepared, get some interesting questions. And yep. that's about all I'm responsible for anyway. So yeah, I had time. Well, we've got a, we've got kind of a different show than what we usually do. We're kind of in the in-between right now, not a ton of big racing to talk about yet. There is on Monday, but those races haven't been drawn yet. The weekend kind of all sets up for Monday. So there'll be a lot of coverage on that later on in the week, but we're going to talk a lot about uh, kind of our betting theories on this show today. We're going to cover horse racing. We are going to cover sports as well uh, with the betting theories and, and kind of the angles and the things we look at, not only from a handicapping uh, standpoint, from but, but from a betting and reading the board and things like that as well. So I thought it was a good week to kind of do this show. We've been wanting to do it, but it's just been busy with, you know, we've, we've been busy with, with the Triple Crown and uh, playoffs and stuff. But uh, I thought this was a good week to do it. I know you're kind of excited too about it. Sure, sure. I'm interested to see how we go on this. I'm sure you have ideas, and then I can figure it out as we go through. I know how I'm going on the sports betting. Not too sure how we're going here on the horse racing, but I'll figure it out. Yeah, and that's that's. I told you from uh, before we went on the air. I said we're going to start with racing. It's okay if you don't have as much to say on that one. That's, that's <laughs> well. I bet you when you get going, and I see where you want to go with this, I can yeah. I can chime in. Sure. So, uh, and, and by the way, as always, if you guys have comments or questions oh, yeah. uh, about what we're talking about, go ahead and drop them in. And you know, this show more than more than most, we'll we'll try to get to uh, the majority of them uh, as we go along. So, yeah, let's just start off with racing. I, I wanted to start off with racing because I, I do think, in a lot of ways, it's the most complicated puzzle uh, of the bunch. Do you agree? Oh God, yes. You know, I have so many people, just like yesterday. I, I went over to uh, where I used to teach because I'm getting ready to do driver's ed starting a week from uh, Tuesday. And I had to go over and make sure I had a classroom where the books were and all that stuff. And I had somebody come up to me and they want to get into horse racing and, and, and they wanted me to help them. And I said, I don't, we don't, there's not enough hours today left for me to help you. There's this so, you know, it's so hard when somebody's, going to the track for the first time and they ask you, what should I do? You know, it's just so difficult uh, to do because there are so many variables that a lot of us follow and some of us don't. So I think that's where we're going with this. Well, I think the biggest thing that, that with my kind of theory on it and, and how I kind of shape everything is I, I try to use you know, whether it be uh, products or data or however you want to phrase it, I try to use stuff that the general public, the, the majority of them don't use. And okay. that is becoming more and more of a problem as we go along. So, you know, five, six, seven years ago, I started using Timeform. Mm -hmm. And the big thing with Timeform was I had never even heard of it. And I've got a buddy who 
is certainly just way into everything that comes out data wise. And he's, he told me, he said, you should use this time form. It's really good. And it still is to this day, very good. But when I first started using Timeform, the great thing about it is, like I said, I don't think a lot of the players were using it. So they could identify horses that that look like, you know, standouts that weren't getting bet like standouts. And so that was a gravy train that really rolled for a lot of years for the website. I think the problem is now the Timeform has kind of merged with DRF. It's a little bit more widely exposed. And I'm kind of in search of trying something different, Papa Dude, and trying to find a new thing that's not that well out there, not that, you know, well publicized. And I think that's key number one to racing. You've got to find a way to identify these horses that the general public is not. And that is yeah. getting harder and harder to do. Uh, but that's that's always step number one. Um, and it's kind of caught me these days. Okay, Timeform's got a couple of horses here that are really good. Now there's third one is just a notch below them. Take a shot with that third one sometimes because that's mm -hmm. the one that the public's going to ignore uh, in races like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it is hard to find something that you trust, you know. And it's just a uh, horse race. I like uh, Mark said, you know, they ask him, how do you bet the horses? Mm -hmm. And then another question I get, I want to go to the races, but I don't want to be an idiot when I get there. And I said, the first time you go, you're going to have to realize you're going to do some dumb things. I mean, you, you, the, you know, the guy that I was talking to, he goes, I just don't want to get down there and not know anything. And I yeah. said, well, you're going, you're, it just, it takes a while before you start learning. I know the way I started getting into it a little bit was I just started following a track every day and I would figure out who the best trainer is. You learn a lot by looking at the length of the races and all of that kind of stuff. You chart all this. And, and that's how I started learning it and, and figuring out, oh, my God, there's so many things to this. But uh, getting into theories and things, uh, do you want to get into, like, what we look at the most and what we don't pay a lot of attention to? Because I think we might be a little different on a couple of things. Yep. You know, you're a lot more uh into it as far as certain things than i am yeah i was gonna transition into that next and 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 again like with time form for example it's still a great tool i mean i think it's still the best past performance tool however i think a lot of people now think that where in the past you know if they if somebody was using drf and somebody was using time form time form was different enough and i thought it was better than drf and you had an advantage now i think I'm looking, and my, my buddy as well, who I, who I referenced to start the show, you're looking for new new things, new, whether it's data, whether it's a new past performance, just a different way to look at it that the public hasn't caught on to yet. And that's the thing with handicapping with the horses, for sure. You've got to stay ahead of the game from a data standpoint on, okay, this person is looking here. The majority of people are looking here. Let's find another place where the data is pretty good and, and, and not as much of the public is looking at it because you're going against the public. There's no way around it. Oh, now, yeah. let's talk about strategy, though, as far as what you look for. Um, and then, then I want to get into actual betting. Uh, but the, for the handicapping purposes, what are some things that you kind of mentioned there? What are some things you look for? Well, I, I've always been a trainer jockey. Lean that way first. That's yeah. I, I, I just do. And because I figure the best trainers are going to have the best horses. That's why they're the best trainers for the most part. Uh, 
and then normally the best trainer gets the best jockey. That's just kind of the way it works. So you kind of you, you look at a track, you know, and you follow that track like I do, like Oakland. I know who the best trainers are, and I know who the best jockeys are because I follow Oakland religiously. I know how to pick that. Now, when I venture out and go to other tracks I'm not familiar with, then I have to do a little bit more studying than I do for Oakland because I'm so familiar with, with Steve Asmussen and, and, and most of the trainers that are there. I know their trends. I know what they do. When I go to, say, Remington, some of the same trainers are there, but there's new guys. There's new shooters there that I know, but I haven't followed them as closely. So I got to kind of get back in tune with with what they've got and how they're doing and things like that. But I, I'm a trainer jockey uh, guy. I have gotten more into it since uh, I started uh, you know, working for you guys full time. I have gotten more into the pace of the race. Yep. I used to not do that much, but I've gotten into that now. And I study whose speed, how much speed is there? Who's the closers? Are the cl Has this horse that's a closer does – has he won some races coming off the pace? Things like that. I've gotten more into that in the last few years. And uh, I know a lot of you guys, you like to look at the race before the odds come out. Uh, several people like to do that. I think that's a good thing to do. If you if you get early, you know, say you got a, you're going on Friday and the, the, uh, the card comes out on Monday or something, but the odds aren't out yet. Handicap that without looking at the odds because sometimes the odds affect us, you know. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I've heard you guys talk about this a lot. The early morning line odds are what whoever sets so that line thinks the public's going to bet. It doesn't necessarily mean he thinks that's the best horse or she thinks that's the best horse. And a lot of us get confused on that. We'll look at that and see that horse is three to one, and think, "Wow, I didn't." Get, I don't understand how that horse is three to one. Well, whoever set that morning line thinks that's the way the betting public's going to bet it. Yep. it. Doesn't necessarily mean that person thinks that's the best horse. So that's another thing that I've learned over the years. I don't if if I look at a horse and I see it's three to one, but I don't like it. I now realize, hey, look for something else. When mm -hmm. used to, I didn't when I first started. I think that's a very good point. All three of them. I'll, I'll break them down a little bit further. I'll start with the morning line because that's what you talked about last. And, and, and there's there's one just very blunt thing I'm going to say, and I I don't really mean it as a criticism, but I I just want the people listening to to realize this. There are very few good morning line makers left out there. And again, I don't want the job. I don't want to be critical of these guys. I just want to be realistic with you when I say that. The morning lines at Naira are going to be pretty close, right? I think you can you can count on that. He has a track record, David Aragona. He has a track record. He does pretty darn good. Some of these other guys, and again, I'm not going to mention names, and this isn't even a criticism. I just want to be realistic with, with you guys. That If you look at some of this, and it does come into the equation, these morning lines and some of these other tracks are just not good, period, period, end of discussion. We'll get to that a little bit more of that in a second. So I think that's a really good lesson that 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 you have learned over the years. And I think mm -hmm. other people need to take that into account. And again, at Naira, yeah, you better look at it because that's pretty close to what it's going to be. Other places, not so much. Uh, you talked about trainer jockey. I think that's fundamental for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and, and look, 
even it's the simplest way to do it, but sometimes it's the best. I mean, even look at the Preakness, right? The trainer's Bob Baffert, the jockey's Johnny Velasquez, the horse isn't the favorite, but it's Bob Baffert. I mean, you know, and it's like, yeah, I know he was like five to two, but still the best trainer won the race. Right. And if you look at it that simply, you cashed on that. There was other reasons like the horse too, obviously, but that's, I mean, that's just it. You know, you look at uh, a horse like uh, Rivet, who won earlier in the day for Steve Asmussen. And if you've tracked Asmussen's history at on Preakness Day, maybe not Preakness itself, but Preakness Day, he always wins on those undercards. And there was Rivet right there, had won two in a row, was a good enough price. That's just simple following a trainer pattern, right? Yeah. And and uh, the, the last thing you talked about, the pace and and, and uh, Greer mentioned this as well. Uh, look for I- improved early speed. Exactly. If you get out in front, you're always going to be tough. Uh, yeah. you, anytime you get you are a horse that you can have that early speed, you've got an advantage over the rest of that group. You ask any trainer, they'd much rather have a horse that has early speed. They, they, yeah. they hate. Well, hate is a strong word. They they do not prefer horses that come from way out of it. No, they because just don't. yeah, there's too much trouble they can get in. It's it, it, that's the. I was just getting ready to say yeah. they. Yeah. A lot of them have told me the easiest path to victory is that horse has early speed, and he goes, "Here's the deal: if the horse is really fast and won't relax, that's a problem. But there's ways to get a horse to relax. Yeah. There is no way to make a slow horse early." all of a sudden be fast early. Other, it's not going to happen. Right. And we're talking about early speed. I think we're talking about just a horse that can get in the top two or three. Oh, yeah. I'm not they talking about to be on the lead. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Because horses coming from out of it, and again, there's pace that could happen, and, and a horse gets a great setup and coming from out of it and looks great. That happens a lot. I'm not. Yeah. We're not saying it's impossible. No. We're saying when you're looking at it, what's this horse's path to victory getting out in front? That's the key. Getting out towards that front end, getting themselves in a position early. It's it's so important that you could do that. How many times when you watch a race, do you hear the race caller say the horse that might be second or third? He'll say the horse is in great position. He has no excuse not to win today. Yep. You hear that a lot, don't you? Because yep. that horse has just cruised along there. He's not very far behind. He's running easy. He's got a perfect setup to go get that horse that's in the lead. And that, that race caller will go, so-and-so has no excuse today. That's, that so. is a great, great point. And you hear that. <laughs> all the all of them will say that. Because they know. They know. They see him come from that position too many times to win. Yep. Yep. And, and, and you know, it's 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 so true. I, I didn't even think of that. But yeah. Frank Miramati is one that says it the most. You know, he will say this horse is in third. He's tracking like a couple of links behind the leader or mm-hmm. maybe even closer than that. But mm-hmm. tracking in a real great position. And that's what they'll yeah. say. And well, Vic did the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Vic yeah. Did. He was he just, so so uh, uh, let's just say radar superstar is in great position. He has no excuse not to win today. Yeah. Heard, and, you know, so and Frank Miramati and Vic Stoffer, two guys that aren't, aren't ashamed to say that they, they put money through the windows as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're calling the race. And this is a, this is not a knock on either one of these guys. No, no. back. They're calling the race as they see it as a gambler a bit as well. Yeah. I'm not, they're being professional. I'm, I'm not, that's not a knock. No, I'm just no. saying the reality of it is when we're all watching these races, we all see it from a gambler's eyes, right? Mm-hmm. 
So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, Pete Aiello, another one, just a really great race caller who, yeah. who will do that same thing. Yeah. yeah. So anybody, any anybody in the game, jockey, trainers, <laughs> race callers, that, that early speed is definitely something uh, to keep well, an eye on. It is. And when you're back on a horse, that is a closer. How many times do you get so nervous yeah. when that horse on the back stretch is 15 lengths behind? You know he's a closer or she. is a, They're closers, but you just think, well, today's not going to be the day. And that's why those trainers like those ones that can get up towards the front. If, if you're betting a closer on the dirt, you damn well better be confident there's going to be pace in the race. Yeah. I have seen closers win on the turf before. Uh, not that they still need pace. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes closers, if they've got a real sharp turn of foot, they can still get there on the turf. Yeah. On the dirt, forget it. You better make sure there's pace or yeah. they're in big trouble. And I've said a million times, that was, that's what made what Zenyatta did yeah. so unique that the horse won 19 out of 20 times and was dead last every race. <laughs> and somehow found a way to get through all of that. And there was a lot of them she had. Terrible traffic problems, but she was good enough, fast enough to close and get there. Yep, for sure. And a lot of horses can't do that. Kind of a, oh, no, hardly any. Hardly yeah. any could do that, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's Mark's comment here. That's why National Treasure seemed almost a lock last weekend to him. It made Zenyatta a freak. Absolutely. Exactly, because National Treasure did have that pace set up. Yeah. Um, the one thing, Mark, that... I am, uh, I, I, I shouldn't, I'm not mad. I had a decent Preakness uh, day. It wasn't that big a deal, but I would have liked to got the Preakness right. The one thing I thought would happen was Mage would be kind of where Mage was in the race. I thought he would stalk the pace mm -hmm. <laughs> and he did stalk the pace. And that's mm -hmm. why I thought Mage would beat national treasure. Mm -hmm. I did not think Mage could beat national treasure if he was 10 off, but I thought he'd be three off. He was three off and he didn't make the move. So, um, yeah. But listen, other than other than Mage, I thought National Treasure looked really good once first mission yeah. scratch. So I did too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just didn't think Mage, he just didn't have it. Yeah, and I want to I want to mention Shoddy's comment. She, exactly. she owns Red Route One in the fantasy league. By the way, Pop dude, I don't know if you know, but Shoddy's gonna win the fantasy league unless something just oh I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So Red Route One, um this was a situation. He's a dead closer, he can't do anything other than he had no chance in the preakness, just no. none when that when those fractions came out. Now, Joel Rosario did try to put him in the race, but he I did. just saw sometimes when you put a closer in the race, they kind of do what Red Route One did. He kind of yeah. like why but it was his here? only choice. He had no other choice. Yeah. He knew that pace was too slow. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. A closer's got to have a fast pace to where those horses will tire out. Mm -hmm. And this wasn't gonna happen. And so Mark said, and this is a big key. So the pace was still slow and absolutely it was And this. The, the last comment, I think national treasure treasure was more rested. Yeah. And that made the difference because you saw Mace try to come at him there. And then when he ducked into the left and anybody that's watched horse racing, when that horse ducked into the left, that's it. it was over. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Charles says this uh, podcast is great. is helping me greatly. Thank you guys. You bet Charles. And you bet. that's why we're doing it. Yeah. And, and we're going to keep going on this. So we, I've, I've got, um, Go ahead. What's another thing, Aaron, that you really look at uh, when you're handicapping? Uh, another facet of it that you have gotten to where you use a lot. Is there yeah, something so, else you do? Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention one more thing, and then we're gonna go on to 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 the more of the betting aspect of racing. But okay. I, I as a good setup, I did want to mention one more thing. So 
to me, you talk about trainer jockey and like I said, it's kind of a, a basic or a juveniles. That's not the right word, but just kind of a basic approach to it, but it's still something you better damn well look at. You got the pace and everything that goes in with that. I think those are the two biggest factors uh, without any doubt. Uh, when you're looking at a race, I am, I used to be kind of just like, Hey, this horse can run this fast and that's it. I'm looking for improving speed figures now more than ever. Uh, I don't, I'm kind of learning. Don't jump on a horse just because he's ran one great figure. Right. And then maybe he regressed a bit. Don't assume he's going to get down to that. I'm looking for slow improving speed figures and consistent speed figures more than just, Hey, this one has had the highest one. Uh, I'm beginning to, to, to realize the more you do this, in the, the years and years we've done this now, yeah, a horse might pop a big number and he might be able to get back to it. But more often than not, uh, these horses, they, they don't get back to that absolute top. They regress back to kind of the mean, kind of like a starting pitcher in baseball. We'll talk about this in a minute. The pitch is out, outstanding, like eight innings and only give up a run. But his ERA was like six before he did that. That next outing, he's probably going to regress just yeah. about, uh, you know, back down to that normal level. So yeah. that's kind of with horse racing what I'm learning too. Let's, sure. let's look for consistent horses. Let's look for horses that are are, are making small little jumps, not the big leaps uh, in the speed figures. And also another thing I've really started to look at, let's say there's three horses that are exiting the same race, right? And horse A wins. But horse B and C were, were right there with them, maybe a length or two behind. I'm starting to lean towards more of horses B and C that actually got beat by that horse last time out because the prices are so much better. And like, we, like we're kind of laying out here, there's so many factors. If horse B and C were competitive with that horse that they lost to, they might be able to come get him this time. And then you might get triple, quadruple the price. So those are two angles that I really look at as well. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, a question I have, the speed figures, mm -hmm. is that somebody's opinion? It's, I mean, is there a, is there a, um, national, what's the, uh, a rule that they all go by standards that they go by to make that? Or is that somebody that just comes up and sets the speed figure as their opinion? Final. It's the final time of the race minus uh i forget what they the like uh, the uh, track variance minus the track variance that there is an opinionated thing that they said oh they there's a lot of opinion involved it's i heard it described like it's 50 percent facts 50 percent opinion that's why i don't pay a damn bit of attention to the speed figures well, that's why i only pay attention to time form because i trust craig from time form <laughs> but what you're saying is too though if the speed figures are consistent, okay, that's something to look at. Yes. What you're saying is if it spikes, if he gets like a 95 one time and it, his rest of them are in the 60s and 70s, you're saying that was a freakish race. Pretty much. Right? You're not, you're, I don't think you're ever going to see that kind of craziness, but yeah. 80 to 95, okay. probably going to be more like 85 next out, yeah. right? And one of the reasons that horse may go out and run like crazy but he may be a $15,000 claimer. So whoever's doing the buyers are not going to give him the credit for how good he ran the race, right? There's a lot That's why I think they're invalid. There's a lot of theories going on right now that the buyers are very inflated at certain places, yeah. deflated, if that's a 
word at other places. So, um, yes. In my opinion, that again, if you guys that are watching this, if that's something you you feel strongly about, that's fine. In my opinion, there's thousands of things to analyze in a race, and you get confused if you don't watch it. This is one I don't mess with because I got too many other things I'm looking at. This one I can omit because I just think too much of it is somebody's opinion. I I, I agree. I agree. I I, I think the more I go through this, the less I look at speed figures. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like they're a nice tool. They're a nice talking point. Yeah, talking point. Yeah. Well, did you see that speed figure he got? Or how about this? He won the race by five lengths, but the speed figure comes back bad, and everybody goes, well, he didn't run very well. Look at that speed figure. I feel like when you think about Mage and Forte, if he would have been in the Derby, and although Forte would have been the favorite, but he wouldn't have been like two to one. But you you look at it and you go, well, that speed figure in the Florida Derby wasn't good for those two horses. Then you look at the race and it's like, well, that looked like a good race. You know, yeah. when I look when I watch it, it looks better than what it was. So, yeah. And, and you know, and I've said it on air a hundred times on Forte's race. A lot of people criticize it. I don't know very many horses that would have won that race. I don't yeah. care what the speed figure is. I've watched a lot of races and I've seen too many of them get behind like that. They don't have the courage to come up and win, and he showed me something that day. Yep. Well, yep. Maybe he can do it again. I don't know, but I don't know. Anyway. I think it's a good point. And you got to trust your eyes and what you see. <laughs> as you kind of noticed, we got the speed figure kind of last, and we didn't talk about look for the high ones. We talked about look for, like, consistency. Consistency, yeah. Horses. Makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I, I, definitely, I definitely think – as I go through this, and again, I, you know, I've been doing it 50, well, 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 since 2007, we've been looking at, at races and probably for the last 10, 15 years, we've actually known what we were doing. Uh, those early years, we didn't really know much, but let me ask you this, Aaron, for, for, mm -hmm. for people that want to get into this, I think it's a good idea to pick out two or three tracks and focus on them. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to start and, and I, I, I have to answer this question. I have to is not the right word. I do answer this question a lot. Uh, you know, I, I'm using your product, but how should I use it? I, and I always say two tracks. Yeah. Start out with two tracks. And then on, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, when it's a little lighter, maybe do one, or if you like to do two, two a day. Yeah. Start there. Cause you're going to get confused if you don't. Yeah. And I tell them, don't just look at our picks, look at our picks. Yeah. Look at the form or whatever sheet, whatever you're using, even if it's just Equibase entries, look at them, look at the jockeys, look at the trainers, yeah. follow the track, just like you would follow Major League Baseball. Absolutely. It, say, say you love the Cardinals and you love the Tampa Bay Rays and you follow them every day. Same thing, but for, but yeah. for a certain racetrack. Yeah. That's exactly how I did it. I started with Oakland. Then I figured out, I didn't know when I got started that they, they ran anywhere else. I because I, So I was at the track one day. I've been there about my third time. Very nice guy was there. He's sitting in front of me. He knew a lot. And I said, so what do these horses do when this is over? And he started telling me, hey, some of them go to Kentucky. Some of them go to Iowa. So Iowa was closest to me where I live. So I started following Prairie Meadows. And a ton of Oakland horses went to Prairie Meadows. So when Oakland was done, I followed Prairie Meadows. And then when Prairie was done, 
they went, a lot of them went to Remington in Oklahoma City. So the, those were the three tracks that got me indoctrinated into horse racing. And, and so anyway, so I started studying them. And another point I, I want to bring up, if you do that, another way you can make money, there are a lot of what I call very, very good trainers, but they're not, the, they don't get the elite horses. Right. You get to study in those trainers that aren't, you know, they're the, kind of the in-betweeners. And you can win a lot of races by knowing those trainers and how they do things. And that's another thing that I've studied a lot. Well, I, I, let's 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 take three. I mean, Kelly okay. Von Hemel, obviously. Sure. Uh, Lynn Claiborne. Yes. And Gene uh, uh, Jaco. Those are the three. Or you that, can even do Tim Martin. Well, oh, yeah, Tim. Do Tim Martin as well. So there's or Randy Morris, who just won the Preakness. Okay. I mean, yeah. So there's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. as you could tell, as he sits there and he's listening, these are these are people we know and we follow, and we know. Not listen. You're gonna get them wrong a lot, oh, yeah, but yeah. we kind of have an idea of okay, they did A or B, right? Meaning we ran them here when they didn't have a shot and they looked shitty. Now they're up here in a spot they can win, and because they looked like shit that last time, they're three to one instead of three to four or three to five or even money. But we know that that last race was just a prep, and they didn't care. Yeah. They care, but they they did it to set up for this one. So yeah. much like how your grade one type trainers will use a race to set up for the bigger race, these little guys, uh, you know, that don't have the great horses, they're doing the same type of thing. Here's a race here to set them up for a race here that we can go win. Yeah. And those people do that all the time. They do. And at Oakland, those last four or five weeks, you really need to pay attention because they're yes. getting them ready for the races that they actually think they can go win. Yeah. And there's some guys that use Oakland as a, uh, uh, like you said, kind of a practice yep. to take get their horses ready to go to the next track. Yep. And that's that's what Kelly does. Kelly von Hamel. He gets. Well, horses. look at take take my two horses for example, right? Yeah. So we ran double numbers. He ran them for thirty at Oakland. It's like he, he has no shot, right? Yeah. And he ran like he had no shot. But now he's in for a 10k maiden claimer. At Prairie Meadows, he's got a race under his belt. He's ready to run a much better race than if we just threw him in that 10K right away. Yeah. And so that's why we're like when those two horses entered of mine, I, I told people like, don't bet them. Like we're 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 prepping for Prairie Meadows, a yeah. spot where we think we can win. We have a realistic shot to win. Sure. So that's just how it is. He he uh my very first horse I ever owned was named At a Kid. Uh, let's see. What year was that? That was, uh, he's on my wall here. I'm trying to, uh, what year was that? I don't remember. Anyway, it doesn't say on there, but anyway, um, and he ran him, uh, in a, in a $30,000 claimer at Oakland and he got 10th out of 12th. And it, mm -hmm. as I said, it's the first horse I ever had. And I thought, Oh God, this is going to be a disaster, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and then I, so I talked to him, he's like, we're going to enter him on opening day at, uh, Prairie Meadows. In a fifteen thousand dollar claimer, he said, "I don't feel win. He'll be competitive. Don't you don't worry about it. He'll be fine." Yeah, whatever. All right, he won, yeah. and he won, and he paid. Uh, let's see, he was uh, he paid fifteen dollars to win that day. Yeah. But again, he knows what he's doing, and that's why again, Johnny Ortiz, that shoddy, it's another one. They they know what they're doing. They do. They're doing the same things that you see in the heavily publicized grade one trainers. Only they're doing it. With the with the the little 
horses, like the the the, the claimers or, or the that's, starter allowances or whatever. Right. That's yeah. where they make their money. Yeah. And and to a to a bigger degree, ain't life grand? Okay. Yeah. A horse for Kelly. He he started him in an allowance. Now, in this case, he did think Ain't Life Graham was going to run better that day, but he was awful. Mm-hmm. And I, I texted Kelly and I was I said, I'm so sorry. You know, he's like, don't worry about it. He's going to get better. That was that was an allowance. We're, we're targeting stakes. And there's a stakes next and he wins. And guess mm-hmm. what? He wins at a big price. Yeah. These are the things we're talking about. Yeah. So anyway, that was probably longer than I wanted to go on that. But that was a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is just our local guys. You could think of other it's people. Like, yeah, it's like Dennis says, they're at every track yeah. in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy Morris always did an outstanding job with Jonesboro. We talked about that on the live stream, uh, Mark. And uh, occasionally with the Stephen Foster, he took his shots, then dropped him back to a grade three where he belonged. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, also he won the Stephen Foster with Moonshine Mullen. He uh, did. Horse that beat will take charge that night. Uh, in, a, in a really good race. So, it, you know, I've said this many times, you know what I'm going to say. Randy Morse could be my trainer anytime because he's going to take care of your horse. Yeah. Yep. He does a fantastic job. They look gorgeous. Yep. $5,000 claimer to look like, looks like Secretariat. I mean, he's got them just, just oh, they're just awesome looking, aren't they? Every one of them. Every one of them. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Um, okay. Last thing about racing that I wanted to throw in here. Right. Uh, and this is this is kind of a newer or newish trend that um, I, I, I'm really listen. When it comes to handicapping, you're always trying to adjust. You're always trying to do this or this, but they're usually minor little things, right? Mm-hmm. From the betting side of it, I, I really have. I'm really just I, I, I come to the conclusion after about six months of following, uh, you know, the the pools and everything. I don't know if the win bet is still the best bet in racing, I used to think the win was certainly the best bet. It's where I've made, you know, the majority of my money over the years has been on betting wins. There are so much computer money in these pools right now. And there's so much data out there. And I think the computers are attacking these win pools. And the problem is you're not getting the prices that you used to get on the wins. Mm. And I'm really, the more I follow it, I'm really concerned. And I'm not even talking about, I thought a horse was going to be even money and it's three to five. I'm talking about, I thought a horse would be 10 to one and it's 10 to one until they get to the gate and it's four to one. These kind of shifts, I don't know how much longer I can, I can keep playing a lot of wins with these kind of shifts in the pools. Yeah. And there's no way of predicting this is going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it goes into the gate at 10 to one. Is that what you're saying? And then when yes. they, when the simulcast money comes in from other all across the country, it's down to four to one. You have no way of knowing that's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. That drastically. Mm-hmm. You might think it'll go down a little, but that's a big drop. I, I couldn't disagree more with Dennis. I, I When you look at this and you watch race after race, and like you said, that you see these dramatic drops. It, it's hard to take because if you've planned out your wagers, you go, okay, I've got eight to one on this horse. So I'm going to do X about, and, and we'll kind of plan from there. And you put that money in the horses, eight to one, six to one, and they leave the gate and they're two to one that over the long haul, that, hurts. that ain't going to work. It's just, and it's just that simple from a, from a betting standpoint. Again, if you're at the track and you're going once or twice, 
you know, a month, it's not that big a deal. But if you're like me and you're playing every day, that's a that becomes a massive problem. And it may not happen to you every race, but if it happens to you half the races, that is a massive, massive problem. And I'm kind of with shoddy. I'm thinking the exact is becoming the play because the odds don't get messed with as much. You still might see the exacta drop, the probables drop a dollar or two, but not that often. Yeah. And it's not that radical. I think the exacta is becoming the best play when you're bet playing race by race. Yeah. I just, I, I just I worry the longer we allow these odds to just drastically drop on a person, the, the harder it's going to be to bet wins. I, I just, I just can't do it. Yeah. And, and this comment here, exactas and doubles are the, are the best bets right now. In my opinion, I don't think this is wrong because the double pools and the exactas, they're not getting messed with by the computer betters quite right. as much. I'll, I'll give you an example. White beam, a horse that, that won on Preakness mm-hmm. day um, was seven to two in the morning line, which was a crate that just, it was never, it was just never going to happen. But, the horse really only should have been about eight to five, nine to five. It just got pounded and pounded down to four to five and never came up from it. It's it's hard to plan out your day and think, okay, I'm going to get X like two to one. And at the worst, I'll get like seven to five. And that horse is just getting pounded and pounded and pounded because everybody's using the same data and all these computer people have, have the same kind of thing. And it's just pound, pound, pound. But you could have paired him up in an exacta like Jared did in that race, and it pays a ton. Yeah. And it's just like all I had to do was put that second place horse and get that second place horse behind the the winner here, and all of a sudden I'm getting ten to one instead of three to five. Well, even if you miss it over the long term, a you don't have to bet as much money. B you don't have to hit it all that often to come out ahead in the long long term. But there you go, you get ten to one. And say you use two horses under him and you still you're in way better position. So these exacta pools are not getting messed with by the computer players. And therefore I think they're becoming the best, the best place. So anyway, that's, you probably don't have a ton of thoughts on that, but that's for me. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, and, and again, I'm not just throwing this out there. That's for me studying this for a while now. So, well, and you bet every day. Yeah. So you, you have more, facts to back it up with because you bet I, every day to me and this is a this is an old school win wagerer myself i i can't support it anymore unless we get some kind of fixed odds with the win wager pool yeah i i just because here's the deal when i bet the milwaukee brewers this morning i got them at plus 110 mm-hmm. it, I don't care what their price ends up being. I have them at plus one. You have them at plus one ten. That's right. Say they announce, you know, they announce a pitcher that's really good. Let's say, and it's now it's minus one twenty. I don't care. It's locked in plus one ten. So yeah, it's locked in. Your bet is locked in. Exactly. By the way, let's see if the Brewers have announced a pitcher. Made me think. No, they have not. All right. Um, any anything else to add before we get into the sports portion of this? Well, I'm looking at my parlay here. Okay. For baseball. And we're, we're in the top of the sixth of the Cardinal game, 0-0. Zero, zero. I would have bet a million dollars. That wouldn't have been a score. Yep. And, <laughs> and I would have lost. And in the bottom of the second, the Rays are leading 
Toronto two to one. So long way to go. Yeah, you're looking good. Toronto got a run in the first, and then Tampa got two in the bottom of the first. So uh, good, good start there. Also, Magic played the over in that Toronto and uh, Tampa game. They got three runs. He's got to get to uh, nine. So good start there. Yeah, Cardinals started at eleven thirty-five. It's now you know basically twelve thirty-five. So they've uh, played five innings in an hour. Wow. This is <laughs> quick. Uh, and, and the Cardinals only have two hits. And the Reds only have three. So wow, with those starting pitchers, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I think that I think the over under was ten or ten and a half in that game. Yeah, the over under, I, I yeah, I think it was ten. I think you're yeah. right. It was eleven <laughs> last night, I believe. So oh boy. All right. Well, uh, that's the racing portion. Let's go into the sports now. Uh, I don't think this will be quite as in depth because I don't think betting on sports is quite as in depth as no. horse racing. Um, what's what do you let's start. Let's start. Well, I'll, I'll kick it off. Okay. So here's baseball and hockey. First of all, I've, I'm done basketball. Never again. I'm not betting basketball. I can't do it. <laughs> March Madness killed me. NBA kills me. I hate it. And if you get that way, just skip a sport. There's a tons of you shit. To bet. <laughs> you don't have to bet every sport. Forget about basketball. You can talk about it. Okay. Baseball and <laughs> hockey. And, and this is this is a simple way of saying it. If you've ever played baseball or hockey, for that matter, you realize how funky that game can be. Anybody can beat anybody, right? Unless yeah. you're the Oakland Athletics, then you can't. Yeah, right now. Yeah. So my baseball and hockey theory is pretty simple. You look for the toss-up games, which is the majority of them. There's usually five teams that are really good, five teams that are bad, that middle grounds where I look, those middle teams mm -hmm. that are basically the same. You go through and you go, okay, uh, let's let's take uh, the Marlins and the Rockies, for example. Yeah. Awesome. Total toss. Who, who gives a shit? It's the Marlins and the Rockies. There, there's five people in Colorado that even care, and two maybe in Florida. Miami Marlins, minus 120. Rockies, plus 110. I don't know who's going to win this game. Take that plus 110 and go with it. Yeah. All you got to do to show a profit when you're betting these plus money games is yes. go 500. That's right. And, and again, they're toss ups. Don't a lot of people look at these lines and go, Ooh, they must, they're the favorite. They must win. There's no difference between the Marlins no, and the really. Rockies in Colorado. No. None. The thing I like about baseball and hockey is there's no point spread. Yeah. And you're, and don't, I don't bet that minus one and a half plus one and a half. I don't. I just don't because the money line, like you're saying, go ahead and bet the money line on a toss-up game and take the underdog. Because mm -hmm. there's too much shit that can happen on this one and a half stuff, you know. Now maybe in hockey it might be a little bit. No, eh, I still don't like it. I so you hit the nail on the head there in baseball and hockey, and you don't have to deal with point spreads. Man, that's what makes basketball and football so hard is the point spread. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do and what I've been doing in baseball, and you can get some good value, and I've been doing well. I probably jinx myself today, but a two-team parlay in baseball, just like today, the Cardinals were minus 130. I feel I felt good about them. I don't feel as good about them now, but I <laughs> but I did. So they were they were Decent favorites at minus 130. The Rays were minus 170. That's a solid favorite. Mm -hmm. 
I parlayed those, and I'm still going to get plus 178, which means a $100 bet is going to make me a $178 profit. Right. And I've found in baseball, I've been doing pretty well with that. Now, you can't do it in hockey. It's much too risky in hockey. Yep. Hockey, I think, is about as hard to bet as anything. I think it's the easiest. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, you've had success with it. I haven't, see? So, look, it's like... I've had more success with basketball than you have. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. Um, look, baseball, is it's definitely a long game, right? Like you can't yeah. – if you lose a couple of days in a row, you can't get upset. It's 162 games, and you really can't hold it against teams if they lose one night. Well, I'm done with them. Don't ever do that because yeah. – these guys, it's 162 games. You know, they might get behind four or five to nothing. It's the middle of May, and they just say the hell with it. We'll we'll play tomorrow. You know, yeah. so you can't you can't like ride highs and lows in baseball. Listen, hockey, hockey is the most mispriced sport there is in betting. Yeah, That's what it I've probably learned. is mm-hmm. without any que- without any question, and especially when you. When you're in these long sports, now football, not so much, and, and college basketball, college sports, not so much. When you're in these sports where they play 82 games or 162 games, a lot of times the lines are focused on those overall records. Yeah. Forget about that. Yeah. Baseball and hockey is a game of streaks. And it team, is. Team can get hot. And it's like the Cardinals, right? They've been plus money. Now, they weren't today. Like you said, they weren't this whole Cincinnati series because they're terrible. But they, they were plus money all the time against Milwaukee, all mm-hmm. the time against the, the Red Sox, all the time against the Dodgers. They were plus money all these games in these last, like, 12 games. And if you've been following the Cardinals, they're playing better. And then all of a sudden, plus 120, plus 112, plus 150, plus oh, 130. Yeah. Again, even if they play 500 baseball, you're making money on the Cardinals. Now they went on a nice run. And so we made money. Pay attention to how that team is currently playing last five, last 10, whatever it is. And then find that team. Now don't take them if they're minus 150 or something like that. But if you get them at plus money and they're playing well, take them. The Diamondbacks, sore subject for you. I know they lost yesterday, but I had them at plus 190 and plus 130 the two days before. They were plus money again yesterday. Now I know mm-hmm. they lost. No, they weren't. They were they were minus one hundred five. It was it was yeah. They were they were favored yesterday. But they it was short. It was like a yeah, you know, very, very short. Again, they were playing well. They went on the road. They're plus money. Take them. There's there's no yeah. difference between the Diamondbacks and, and and the Phillies. I mean, and, no. and there's no in baseball. Give me a break. There's not a home advantage. There's no bad at these games. I mean, no. any any sport like hockey and baseball. One player controls that game. It's the pitcher in baseball, and it's the goalie in hockey, and that's what makes these games toss-ups. Yep. We're, we saw that in the in the Florida-Carolina series. The goaltender for Florida was unbelievable in that series. Yep. And the goalie for Carolina played well, too, but the other one stood on his head. He was unbelievable. Baseball, got a guy go out there and just is lights out mm-hmm. and shuts a team completely down, like like the Rays or 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 the Dodgers or somebody. You know, just shuts them down. They just can't hit him that day. And that's why it makes those sports uh, difficult sometimes. Another thing, I think it's like yesterday. I took the under 
a nine and a half in the Braves Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I did that to okay, and it was minus one fifteen or minus one twenty. And a lot of guys won't bet that. They I ain't gonna bet. That ain't gonna make you money. It made me eighty three dollars. Right. I'm not turning down eighty three dollars just because I don't like the odds. That's where you and I differ some. Now, on over-unders, I'm with you. If I love one, I'll play it uh, because you're not going to – the over-unders, they are what they are. You're not going to get odds on them. So no. I get it. Um, yeah. But I was – I would okay, let me back up. Mm-hmm. I was solid on that. Right. That's the first thing that stood out me at me when I saw the baseball yesterday. It was, was it was probably your strongest opinion yesterday. It was the strongest opinion I had. It was minus 120. I figured, well, shit, that's my strongest opinion. I'm still gonna make $83. It's fair. That ain't that's you know, that's pretty good for to me. Now I had it been minus 170, minus 180. No, I wouldn't have done it. So it was low enough. And I and so when I bet those like minus one tens, minus one fifteens, it's got to be I don't I won't bet them unless I'm really sold on it. I really feel like that's going to happen, like I did with Arizona yesterday because they had the pitching matchup. And for ninety nine point nine percent of that game, I had it. Yep. And anyway, I think some people are afraid to bet those minuses. You know what? If you got a solid opinion like I did on that over-under, and I was pretty solid on the Diamondbacks too, I would have made, had that Diamondback game came in, I'd made $90 there, $83 there. That's $173 that if I had this uh, in my head, I ain't betting minuses, no way. It's $173 I wouldn't have got. So I know that's just the difference in what people think, you know. And and on parlays, here's another thing. A lot of people won't bet two solid favorites in a parlay. You still are going to get plus money. Right. You still yeah. get that. Yeah. Whereas you bet two underdogs in a parlay, you might get one of them, but it's going to be hard to get both of them home. I think you said it. I don't like it in hockey at all. Because the parlay. I think the parlay. Yeah. Oh, they're too hard. Yeah. I, I think in hockey, the variance is so great. You just bet underdogs. And I don't sit there and bet every single underdog. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you look at the board, you pick you out two or three that you really like. And yeah. you've got to study it. I'm not saying just randomly pick it, but you you study it and you go, here's two or three. You play those underdogs. Do not play favorites in hockey very often unless it's what Papa Dude was describing. It's just jumping out and hitting you yeah. right in the face. Then yeah. it's okay. But you take and why I say I think hockey is is just terribly mispriced all the time you take the florida panthers for example they beat the boston bruins in seven games they won three games in boston they beat the best team ever in the history of the nhl regular season wise record wise three times on their home ice beat them three times on their home ice they're an underdog all five games against toronto yes because they're looking Hey, they're the eight seed. That's right. Hey, look at they only had ninety three points. Same thing is happening with the Heat. The Heat are the same way, and and you look at this and you go, they just beat the best team in the league. What if what if Boston was playing Toronto? They would be huge favorites every time. Sure. Now it's Florida, but Florida just beat Boston three times in Boston. They were underdogs three of the four games against Carolina. Absolutely. And they were only favored last night by a smidge. Yeah. 
And they were this is what I'm talking eight. about. If you go the extra mark, you don't just look at overall records. Don't look, no. well, this is an eight and this is one. Look how the team's been playing their last five, 10, 15. Look at who they've been beating. You can find underdogs. That's how you do it, right? Yeah. You don't look at it and go, I'll just take it for because it's on my screen right now. The Blue Jays are 26 and 24. The Rays are 36 and 15. No way the Blue Jays can beat the Rays. No, dig into it. Yeah. And if the Blue Jays are plus 130 and you think they got a shot, take, take them. them. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. And the thing, you know, you, it's there's just no way that tonight in the hockey game tonight, Dallas is minus. 115, I think. Yep. They're down three games to none. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're at home, but it doesn't mean anything. They got to be five to nothing, the other four to nothing at home yep. on Tuesday night. Take Vegas tonight if you want to bet that game. You either take Vegas or you don't play. Yeah, that's right. You if don't you really it, like Dallas tonight. Unless you love them tonight. If, even if you love them, that line is not correct. <laughs> No, it should be the other way around. It should be. That's the thing. It's like, I, I kind of like Dallas tonight. I do. I think they're going to I win. do too. They've got a shot. There's a difference between I kind of like Dallas. I think they're going to win and I'm going to bet them. Okay. Because it's it's two things. Who do you like? What are their price? And well, you just guys. hit the nail on the head. I was trying to say about me betting the minus 115. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like Dallas tonight. I'm not sold on them. So I'm not gonna bet. I would never bet that tonight because mm-hmm. it's, it's not it's not worth it. It's not worth losing that game because really, if you got eyes and you saw the game Tuesday night, there's no way you can bet Dallas tonight. <laughs> you know, even though you kind of think they may bounce back, uh, they look and like here's shit. Here's the night. deal: there's so many things on the board to play. Yeah, right? <laughs> you don't need to play a game where I kind of like it. And I'm not getting the odds, but I'm going to play it. No, you did. there's so much out there that you can do. Yeah. I, I the same way. If, if Dallas was plus 120 tonight, I would take them. Would you? I would because. That's oh, if they were plus. Okay. Plus I got 120. Plus yeah. 120. I'd take them. Would you take them if they were even money? I don't think I would. You're getting to where it's probably not. No, I probably have to have, have a plus. It, it, yeah. it had to be plus 120 or so. Yeah. And again, it's it's twofold in sports. You look, you kind of look at the games, like, okay, I like them, 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 and then you look at their prices, and then you just, you know, you narrow it down. But you, again, there's so much, and it's every day. There's something to do, guys. I mean, you don't have to force it. That's the, that's, I think that last sentence was the biggest lesson I had to learn when we started doing this. You don't have to bet six a day, right? Mm. You just be patient. Some days there might be five games. You love them. You bet them all. It's fun. Yeah. Some days there's one. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the thing that I've had to learn. It's like today, there's a couple I liked here or there, but it, it didn't quite work out. So I just said, all right, Milwaukee, we'll yeah. take Milwaukee here. I think they're going to win and they're plus one ten. So I, I think we've got, I like them a little bit. The price is right. Let's go. And like I said, Dallas was one I almost did. And it's like, nah, the price just isn't right. Just be patient yeah. with it. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Just be patient with it. Sports betting's not going anywhere. It's no, going to no. get bigger and bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so I have more trouble with the NFL. Yeah, let's talk NFL. Than anything. That's the one that I struggle with 
Well, let me rephrase that. I, my percentage is okay. I hit about 65%. Uh, that's just winners. Uh, but when I start figuring in the point spread, then it goes way down. Right. I don't know why, but I don't have a good feel for that. I just don't. Now, college football, I do very well, and I do very well on college basketball. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I have a feel for that. But I, the, pro football is tough for me. There's too many variables in that. It's really hard. So you want to know the biggest lesson I learned last year about pro football? And yeah. You mentioned it. You mentioned you got to worry about point spreads. Yeah. Not when you're betting underdogs. That's what I learned. Forget about the point spreads, bet money line underdogs. I finally got traction middle of last year through the Super Bowl doing that because you you could find it. All they have to do is win. You're getting a That's price. Right. And once again, I'm saying it. If you go 500 betting favorites, you're a loser. If you go 500 betting underdogs, you're a winner. So did you bet? Did you, I was checking on my ball game here. The Cardinals are the yeah. They just got out of a first and third. Nobody out. Yes. Game. yes. Uh, so did you say you you just bet? Let's say you're uh, the 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 Bucks are playing uh, the Saints, and the Saints are three point underdogs. Do you bet plus three? Nope. You just Saints, bet them to win. Saints plus the money. Yep. Okay. Super Bowl Chiefs were the underdogs. How I don't know. Bet the plus money. Oh, uh, no Cincinnati, big underdog when they played Buffalo. Bet Cincinnati. Just bet the yeah. underdogs. And if you like the favorite, stay away from it because I'm not laying points ever again in the NFL. Ever. Yeah. I'm just not doing it. It is. It is. It is so hard to win a game in the NFL. Yeah. I'm not laying points with it again. Shadi says she can't bet the Razorbacks. Well, that's your team, Shadi. Never bet your team. Betting your team's tough. You better have a, a realistic outlook on well, it. Well, never bet them if you think, okay, let's say they're they're five-point underdogs and you bet them to lose, you know, not to cover the five. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to sit there and you're not going to be happy one way or the other. Yep. Don't do that. If, if you don't think they're going to win, don't bet them. Well, and here's the deal. And I'll say it again. If you're if you're looking at Razorbacks or OU for us, there are like a hundred games on Saturday. Just I can't enjoy it. Bet That's something right. else. <laughs> I mean, just bet something else. Bet a different yeah. team. <laughs> I can't enjoy the game because I'm sitting there worrying about the bet. And that's ridiculous. I go to the game to enjoy it. I there are certain uh coaches or teams that I just I despise in college football. And I think it college football, I'm pretty I've, I've been weak on the last couple of years. Uh, and I think I'm too close to it is why. Probably. NFL, I don't have any problem with anybody. So I don't really have a favorite team. And it's just like I just like I said, underdogs, money line. That's my thing right now. Yeah. That, so we'll see if it works. It worked the yeah. last part of the season or the last half of the season in the playoffs, but now we got coming up first part of the season. I think and again, it's again, it's your theory, it's whatever your theory is. Yeah. By something. the way, I'm not saying I'm doing the only thing that you should do. I'm oh, absolutely. I'm, this is, works for me. But go this ahead. is just what we like to do. Yeah. I think some people though go for the big score and they and they don't get it. They miss too many. When when if you'll just go for the, the smaller one, you know, I like to get them right. I don't like to go and I miss three. So I, I bet three today and I bet three big, big scores, you know, where I was going to win some money, but I missed every one of them. Yeah. And then I'm bet tomorrow and I missed two more. 
And then let's say the third day, I hit one. I don't like that. I don't like that. So Dr. Tang is probably one of, if not the best sports better that I know. Well, him and Samich. And um, I, I talked to Doc about sports 24-7. I mean, I've picked his brain for, for hours before. And uh, Doc, Doc said a, a real good thing that kind of coincides with what you're saying. He's like, I'll bet a parlay for sure. But he said, I also am betting them individually as well, because if you bet parlays every single night, that's a sure way to lose. Yeah. Like you're just, you just, yeah, you might hit a great parlay, but over time you're not going to hit them all that often. No, not all of them. So, you know, you might play a parlay for a, for a low amount, but then you bet the games individually for higher amounts. Right. Everybody's got their own little system, their own little strategy. Yep. yep. And I like to get them right. I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't want to bet. Okay. I say I bet three and I get one of them right. And I make, I don't know, 50 bucks. I'm still pissed off because I missed the other two. Yeah. Well, it's like yesterday. You talked about the loser yesterday more than the two winners, right? Oh, listen, when I lost that one, that was the first bet of the day. I thought I'm going on three tonight. Well, we talked about the Diamondbacks yesterday. By the way, we we don't ever think that we just get on these shows and make, make picks between Simon oh. and Doc and you and I. Oh, God. It's constant. So anyway, we talked about the Diamondbacks, what, 10, 15 minutes yesterday. And, uh, you know, I'd said, hey, I've, I've watched them because I bet them the last two nights, not yesterday, but the two nights before. I said, man, they're, they're a good team, and they've got a really good pitcher going. And mm-hmm. it, it it was well, – they're up five to nothing. The mm-hmm. pitcher we talked about pitched great. Mm-hmm. Um, they took him out. It, they took him out, and they, they, get, they give up. A, they were one strike away from a win and gave up a two-run homer mm-hmm. in the bottom of the night. In the bottom of the night. And that's – That tied the game. You look back though, and it's like that. that so this is my this this will be our last point on this. Kind of tie it back to what I said earlier. Mm-hmm. You look back, and it's real easy to get pissed at the Diamondbacks. They mm-hmm. suck. I'm never playing them again. Don't ever do that because it just happens, right? It's sports. They they certainly didn't want to lose the game that way. No, you didn't want to lose the game that way. <laughs> yeah. I tell you a little funny thing though. <laughs> You know, I told I mentioned on something here a while back. I'm keeping track of how I do with each team. Mm-hmm. The Diamondbacks, I do the worst, and there really? I went on them yesterday. Oh God, I'm 14 and 29 on the season on the Diamondbacks. So have you been picking against them a lot? When I pick them, they lose. Yeah. It's just one of those things. I can't get a feel for them, even though they're really they're really playing well. Yeah, I just can't get a feel for them. They're the worst team for me right now. What I do yesterday, I bet them. And look what it did. But your handicap <laughs> was right. It just yeah, I just missed it, and then that happens. That happens. So you didn't anyway, <laughs> says Jared. Jared and Magic outside the window, and us because I forget to mention them. So I text Magic about wrestling, um, mm-hmm. and about the CFL, and a little hockey. So there's that. Jared, it's horse racing and in football. You know, football, you can text Jared. The rest of this, it, you're not going to get much from it. No, no, he's into the he's, yeah. he's Chiefs all the way. NFL football and horse racing. That's all That's all you could text Jared about. Right. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I do text those guys, but not every single day about every single sport, for sure. All right. That's it. We've rambled for, an, good Lord, an hour and three minutes. By the way, did you think the Cardinals and the Reds game would be zero to zero in the top of the seventh inning. No. The Reds threw out a pitcher with a six point something something ERA and he shut him out through and the Cardinals have been hitting the ball. Yep. And he's 
and you know, they left him in the game. Why didn't the stupid manager take him out after six innings? He's still pitching into the seventh inning. Let's see so. how many hold on. I'm gonna see how many pitches he's thrown. <clears throat> it can't be much. Cardinals have three hits. He's only thrown 83 pitches. Okay. So he's he's going. He's going another inning here, at least, unless I would have never, never thought, run on base. So. Yeah, I would have never thought it would be 0-0 in the seventh inning. No, no. And no, I would no. never thought that we're about, you know, in, in the show and uh, it's going to be seventh inning stretch time. Or that's right. They only played an hour and a half. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, sometimes soccer for Jared, that's true. He is pretty good at soccer, but I don't I don't know anything about it. So I, I see that's where I can't add anything. To the conference, you know, when soccer gets going, it may be going. I don't know it, but I got a buddy like over here lives right beside me, is a soccer expert. He he said, I will be your soccer guru if you start to need to be making bets on soccer. I love it. He's from he's, he's from not, Ireland, yeah, he's exactly. from Ireland. Obviously, he's huge. Um, he, was, he came over here to play college soccer, yeah. yeah. Oh, NBA, listen. I don't don't text me about the NBA. <laughs> or you know what? Throw call. I hate well women's college basketball. I, I'm a huge fan of after LSU, but but men forget it. Um, I hate that too. Cardinals well, have March runners. Madness was a disaster. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Card Cardinals have runners on for, at first and second with one out here, Papa dude. So all right, somebody needs to jack one. All right. Well, listen, I've got my eye on it. I, I, I've got I've got both. Okay. Eye, well, one eye on it and one eye on you. Talk about questions <laughs> in the show. You said you're going to research some. Do you have some? What's that now? Questions? questions? Yes. Oh, right, yeah, I've got some. OK. All right. Good to think hard on this one. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about your hometown? Favorite thing about my hometown? Well, I, I don't have to think that hard. Okay. The food. <laughs> and this is the oddest thing. And, and, and Jared's listening, so he can comment on this too. So we, because we, we're, we're both yeah, from Missouri. Listening. That's our hometown. You used to live there, at least for now. Um, and you're from there as well. The, the one thing and that, that Heather and I miss the most is the food. Aurora, Missouri has great they got, some neat, they got some neat restaurants, yes. They do. They really, really do. Mm hmm yeah. Um, it's the food for me. Yeah. I'm what trying to think what I like about it. <laughs> well, uh, they, to explain, they've got a very good, well, now that we did lose one restaurant. There used to be a restaurant named uh, Bootleggers that was really good. There's a restaurant named the Blackbird and it is still there. It's good. Uh, there is a, an incredible, the best pizza buffet I've ever had. Great and the pizza. best sandwiches I've ever had from this pizza place. Your pizza place, really good. And Hogtide Barbecue, which is fantastic as well. I, yeah, I just list them off. Those Any any of those places, yeah. you can't go well. Those, not bootleggers, but. That pizza place is really good. And the people in there are friendly. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like the smallness of it. You know, yeah. the fact that you can get from someplace to two miles away. It takes you like five minutes and uh, no, Jared, I don't like the smell in Aurora. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It used to be, I felt like it, it's not that much, but it's not that much anywhere anymore. You just felt safe in Aurora. I never felt like I was in any danger. Yep. I still really don't. You know, this is a place where you can go walk down the street at night and dark. You don't get scared much. Uh, 
Yeah. And it, it's a small town living is what it was. And as Jared said, the bar isn't set too high, too high for anything else there. Um, no, it's gone down. It used to be a know, great place to live, but it's, it's changed. Uh, the, the, um, the food would be about the only thing I quote unquote miss. Um, I'm trying to think if anything else would pop up top of my mind. Not really. No. Nope. That's yeah, I, I I can't really either. Yeah. Okay. Um, now this is gonna be a fun one. Okay. Now we know OU's our favorite college football team. Yeah. Can you name another one that you like? Another team that I like? Yeah. Uh a hard time with this. Yes, Shoddy, we do have a nice park. Oh uh, yeah. No, there's a couple of parks actually in Aurora that are pretty nice. Yeah. Um ooh, good lord, college football team that I like. See, that's tough. That's not OU. Yeah, because we like everybody um, anymore. When you are a huge fan of a team that competes, yeah. you know, nationally, like they do usually do, you don't like anybody. They're all yeah. the enemy. It can't be your team. So if USC is your team, it's yeah. got to be somebody else. Just to yeah. just you can't you can't pick your team, right? So Shoddy couldn't pick, or Jared couldn't pick Arkansas. We can't no. pick OU. Who's a team we watch that we like? Well, I, I, you know what mine is. No. Iowa. Oh yeah, I do. I like the Hawkeyes because yeah. there's no threat. I knew that answer. Um, yeah. No, I don't like anybody. You used to like Florida. I did used to like Florida. Yeah, but I don't anymore. Not anymore because Spurrier's not there. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I don't. Okay, this one really say too. I sit down and it's like, hey, I'm gonna root for X. No, I know hockey can't pick the blues. I do like the Panthers a lot. Did you though before this run? I liked them last year. I started to like them. And you're gonna you're gonna I a lot of my family members are gonna go nuts over this one. I really like the avalanche. Yeah, I, I never really have liked them very well. I like them. I'm trying. I right now, and it's and I. It's not usually this way. I really like the Oilers because they're fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. And I do like to watch the Hurricanes, but I don't care if I miss the games. I don't really have another one, really, to be honest. Colorado and Florida. I like Tampa. I liked watching them. Oh, I forgot about them. Yeah, that's my. But but they they're slipping. I I hate. To say this, I've always kind of liked to watch the Rangers. I just, I don't know, Madison oh, Square like Garden, yeah. that uniform, I kind of like it. I, I do like the uniform. It's I'm a just, bigger fan of the league. Well, that's not true because I love college football too. So that's not true. No, I don't know why I like because I'm passionate about the Blues, hate, but I don't like those NHL teams. The reason I, if people go, do you like uh, uh, USC? Do you like Penn State? Do you like Michigan? And I go, no. I hate every one of them because they're a threat to us. Yeah. So I hate them. I ain't rooting for them because they may beat us, you know? So. Oh, no. Uh, so, Michael, hold on. Michael Watson lost his car. Or didn't lose it. It got stolen. They did find it, but it is But it totaled. got totaled. Oh, sorry, Michael. Well, you got insurance. You'll be okay. Well, that's true, but still, that's hard to take. Oh, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. All right. Good. Hopefully it's insured. Yep. Uh, I don't have a favorite NFL team. Uh, I used to yeah. like the Broncos, but they've been so bad lately. I 
I have learned. Oh, I do like the Patriots. I hate to admit it, but I do. I like every team. I like to watch all of them. No, come on. I do know. I love to watch NFL football. Oh, I hate some of those teams. Now, I I root for the teams that I bet in the game, but I could root for anybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I hate the Packers. Well, I've never liked them. I'll still watch them, though. I those didn't Thursday I night watch games them, but I don't like them. Those Thursday night games that were so bad, I watched every second of them. Yeah, not me. I don't know. I, I've got. I think it's because I got. Uh, I finally got uh, the the red zone, and and I don't. I know all the players and watch all the games. I I love it. Yeah. yeah. Jared, Jared said he used to love Moss and yeah. the Vikings. Randy Moss was fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That, those Viking teams were fun. They were yeah. good. See, Jerry, you're not going to like this, but I was a huge John Elway fan for the Broncos. And I loved to watch him play. And I was a Denver fan. Yeah. And uh, yeah, not so much anymore. But well, he, we when he was to, playing, I really liked him. We used to watch Denver and root for Denver a lot because yeah. of one guy, Rod Smith. Yeah, Rod Smith was from Missouri Southern where we went to school. Yeah, that was another one, sure. Yep. Rod and I liked the 49ers back when Joe Montana played. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love the 49ers. They were fun to watch. Yep, so. yeah, for sure. Yeah, that Vikings. Yeah, another team, I'm not going to say I really like them, but I like to watch Dallas because it just, it's Dallas. They're interesting. Dallas is interesting. They're polarizing. It's it's always some dramatic, and it's kind of funny. Whatever happens to them is pretty hilarious. So, yeah, I, I watch Dallas. I, well, I watch them all. So. And, you know, um, uh, Vikings team with Randy Moss go like fifteen and one. I, I, I've I've kind of liked the Vikings over yeah. the years. Yeah, I have. Uh, the reason back in the day, Jared, when the Cardinals had a football team in St. Louis, mm-hmm. um, a lot of families either rooted for St. Louis teams or Kansas City teams. Yeah, and my family were St. Louis fans. We didn't care anything about the Royals. Uh, and it didn't like the cheese because we we were Cardinals. We liked Cardinal football. We liked Cardinal uh, baseball, obviously. Yeah. And so that's you know I just never was a Chiefs fan, but I tell you, they're pretty darn fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chiefs are are the best team to watch in my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah um, they're they're phenomenal. Gotta let me ask it. let me ask you one. So St. Louis loses the Cardinals. Yeah. They lose the Rams. All of a sudden they get this Battlehawks XFL team, and more people are going to that than went to when the Rams were there. Why makes why no, can't they no be sense. a football team? I don't know. And why when they got the Rams, were they not just nuts about them? Well, they had that two-year span when they were really good, two or three. Right. But that's easy. Other than to that, they were terrible. They were really bad, huh? Yeah. Well, it's easy when they're good, but I'm saying they totally just quit them. I don't know. Uh, St. Louis is a funny town. Now, they supported the Cardinals when the Cardinals were there, mm-hmm. uh, but they never were very good. But they supported them, and then they ditched them. You know, they just, they didn't leave town because they weren't making money, I don't think. Uh, they had, They didn't have their own stadium. Now, they may have wanted their own stadium. That yeah. could have been why they left. I can't remember. but. The Cardinals were very well supported in St. Louis. The Rams never caught on much because I think they came from L.A. Maybe 
I never was a big Rams fan. Uh, of course, I was when they started winning, but I never, I wouldn't have gone to a game, I don't think. And uh, I don't know. St. Louis is a funny town. They will not support a basketball team. You know, that's a big enough city. They should have an NBA team. If Oklahoma City can support one, St. Louis can support one, but they yeah. won't. Yeah. They had one back in the 50s, and they were very good. Early 50s, early 60s, they moved to Atlanta. And um, because, you know, say it like it was, it was a racist city. Yeah. And when blacks started playing in the NBA, that was it. Yep. And they quit supporting them, and they left. So, anyway. Uh, a couple questions from Jared here. He said his dad was a Cardinals fan and a Chiefs fan. So, was that normal? Is that abnormal during that time? It, it could have been. It could have been. Yeah. Just I'm just your, saying we, we your family chose St. Louis. My family never went to Kansas City, ever. Okay. We went to St. Louis all the time. And we never went to Kansas City. I, to this day, don't know my way around Kansas City very well. Huh. I just don't. They just didn't go there. They went to St. Louis. So do I don't about, know why. That's what do you think probably, about this? I've heard about it. What do you guys think about Mahomes trying to get the NHL to Kansas City? How would you feel about the NHL coming to Kansas City? It's been there once, and it mm -hmm. did not work. They've had uh, NBA there, and it did not work. Mm -hmm. Um. I wouldn't care. Um, I think it's big enough to support it. I don't know if Missouri can support two hockey teams. I don't know that. I don't. I don't know the answer to that. So I doubt if there's a lot of Blues fans in Kansas City, though. Right. I doubt that. Local. I don't know. Local hockey in Can in in St. Louis is fantastic. It's huge. It it has become a, a monster. Some of the best players in the NHL are coming out of St. Louis. Yeah. So hockey is a huge deal in it's St. Huge. Louis. Kansas it's City, huge. not so much. So that'd be the biggest. Kansas City, I think here would be a, an issue. And Jared, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Kansas City is a huge soccer town. Mm -hmm. I think they're huge in soccer because they have a, a soccer team. Yep. So I don't know whether – I, it would, I don't know if they have ice rinks in Kansas City. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about the local hockey scene in Kansas City at all. No, I don't either. No. But every rink in St. Louis is is busy from 5 in the morning to midnight yeah. with youth hockey teams. St. Louis is a huge, huge hockey city. But, yeah, he's saying Kansas City huge on soccer. So I think um, so. So I think that would be an issue. So the Coyotes are most likely moving, and that would be an interesting destination. I don't know that it'll happen but i wouldn't be against it that's for sure well i mean kansas city they supported the royals when they were really good so i guess they support them okay of course they're rabid about the chiefs and always have it doesn't matter if the chiefs are good or not they do follow them mm -hmm. obviously they're more crazy about them now with good reason and i don't know how the soccer team draws i don't know isn't but that's an interesting, yeah. The coyotes are they need to go somewhere. And, isn't it? Uh, yeah, they do. It's, it's logical with Mahomes backing it. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a great advantage for Kansas City. And uh it didn't go over at all. I think the they were called the scouts, I think. They were, yep. 
And didn't they go to Colorado and didn't make it there either? And then the Avalanche came in from Quebec. Yeah, Avalanche came from Quebec. I don't know where the scouts went after. Kansas I thought City. they went there and it didn't work there. Either. I don't, I, I really don't know. Well, and you know, you look at the Seattle Seals used to be a thing too. And they left and now you've got the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. And it's working great. Yeah. And and when they had the basketball team, they played they played a lot of their games in Omaha. Yeah. In fact, I think they were called Kansas City Omaha. They were the Kings, and then they went to Sacramento. Right. And they had some pretty good teams. And I don't know how they drew up there, but uh, yeah, I think I I just don't. I guess can well obviously Kansas City is big enough to support hockey. I just don't know how long it would take them to get interested in it. However. I doubt if there were very many hockey fans in Miami and I doubt if there were very many hockey people in Tampa Bay and Dallas. And by the way, in Dallas, that is hockey crazy down there. Yep. yep. They've got youth leagues all over the place in Dallas, Texas. So if you, if you got a product that's decent and people start going to the games, it's all it takes. You got to win. Yeah. Boy, listen. So, Davis says Indianapolis would be good for a team. And yeah, I, th- I don't know what, again, I don't know what the hockey uh, passion is like, but that is, that'd be a good location for a team. Uh, yeah. yeah Qu- I think Quebec would make sense as well. Uh, yeah. It, 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 yeah. You're probably right. I'm trying to think if there's any other um, U S city that would be ready to, to have one. I can't really, most of them have Houston maybe. Sporting KC average eighteen thousand fans a game. Stadium holds eighteen four six that, seven. So that's basically the spot, right. Game. Yeah. Uh, now would that stadium? Do they play at the Sprint Center or whatever it's called? Well, they'd have to play outdoors. No, it's indoor soccer, isn't it? No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, I thought it was indoor. No. Oh. Uh, well, they've got their own stadium. I didn't think so. Have you ever been to an Arkansas Natural Naturals game? No. You've never been, been to the to Naturals? One, no. no, I've been to one here in Springfield. Okay. Same, yeah. same thing. It's pretty cool. Hey, uh, Steve says people in India are nuts for hockey. Well, that would be a good spot then. Well, yeah. I mean, Indy's got football that they do real well with, and they've got uh, – yep. I guess they support the basketball pretty well. So. And to be fair, I mean, I don't know. People in Kansas City might like it too. Um, okay, so that they they play in Oak, in Overland Park. Overland Park. By the way, you talk about uh, cities and and sports, blah blah blah. How about what's happened in Vegas? So they had no pro teams. They get yeah. the Knights. They go ape shit over the Knights. They're they're huge. The Golden Knights are huge, but you see it everywhere when you go. Yeah. Now they've got the Raiders, and they're probably going to get the Oakland A's by the time this thing's over. They're going to yeah. be a three major sports city. That's it's, pretty awesome. It's it's phenomenal. And I'm telling you, it has added so much to that place, in my opinion. For a sports fan, it's cool. Yeah. It's really cool to see it. So yeah, it is. Yep. And you know, it's it's yeah, it's it is an amazing thing. Yep. And everybody knew it would work. Yep. They just had to to, to get it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But you know what's happened at Oklahoma City is pretty amazing. Yes, a lot of people thought when they went through this transition, they would lose fans, and they, of course, attendance was down. But it, they still they held together pretty good. They had decent crowds, and yep. of course, it's the only game in t- town. But that's yep. not a basketball hotbed for sure. No, no but it's and it's I think they good. would support a hockey team. I really do. Uh, it's a little, I don't know. 
I don't know. Yeah, they they have minor league hockey. It's pretty big. So. Yeah, that's true. They do have that. I yeah, so it's, it'll be interesting to see where Phoenix goes. Uh, that's a very good question. I think Kansas City. They probably would get into it. I'm telling you. You've never been to a hockey game, big time hockey game. You better go because you're going to love it if you're a sports fan. Yep, I agree. I agree. I never thought we'd see Dallas, Texas, like they are with hockey. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, look at Florida last night. That was nuts in there last night in my in Miami. Who? Would, they're not passionate about anything. <laughs> they like hockey. They they do follow the heat pretty well, but but the baseball no. So, all right, no, no, I know. Uh, the Cardinals have scored, Papa dude. All right, the Cardinals have scored. They lead one to nothing in the top of the eighth. Uh, Rodney, real quick, then we're gonna get out of here. He asked about Arabian Night. Um, he's definitely not under the care of Tim Yakteen, but I don't know that he's in Baffert's barn either. I think he's on the farm. Okay. Uh, no works from him in many months. So I would not be looking for him to come back anytime soon. Um, I, I don't know anything for sure, but I would say he had some serious problems that they're trying to yep. work out. So yep. shoddy, is he in the barn though? Because he hasn't had a work in months. So I, I do know he went him. back to Baffert. Well, he did gallop yesterday. All right. Well, you're looking at about two, three months then. Yeah. He'll start in a couple months. If he, he would be running if he was healthy. Yeah. Well, so, absolutely. Yeah. He's got, so what's going to happen is he's going to need four to six workouts before they get him back. So mm. in, on to the, uh, to a race. So we shall see. All right. Mm. Any final thoughts? Nope. I think we uh, did a good job. Yeah. I think we've, we've, we've went long <laughs> enough. Final update cards up one, nothing runners at the corners. And your Rays are at five to one over the Jays. So good, good things happening for you. Cards need two or three more to be safe. <laughs> they do have them at the corners. So how many outs? Uh, there's two outs. No, now it's bases loaded. Now. Yeah, I just walked the bases loaded. So bases loaded, two outs. We'll see what happens. All right, guys, we're going to get out here. We'll be back for uh, Magic Mike's coming up soon. Blinkers off coming up today as well. So a lot going on on the channel. All right, guys, we will Thanks see everybody. you on the show next week. Thanks, everybody. Dwight, this is Dude to Bet Sports. Dude to Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dude to Bet Sports, where degenerates go. Dude to Bet Sports, time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, the Associated Press is full of shit. <laughs>